this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, Chip's back! Dun, back. Da, da. I need a chip uh, <laughs> tag Intro. or some sort of, uh, some sort of chip uh, uh, zinger there that uh, announces his like a like a fanfare of trumpets yeah that, i'll that expect happens. that for the next one all right i'll work on next that time. well i'll just i'll just insert it and and you won't even you don't even know it's just awesome. gonna happen uh chip what do you bring to us this time what's, this time, what's the band this time around okay think about where you guys were in 1998 right um i was in the back of, of jay's uh mercury cougar <laughs> and you, you know, I don't know what you were listening to, but maybe you were listening to Offspring, 311, Limp Biscuit, Corn. That's kind of, you know, 1998. Yeah. That was kind of the, the time period for that. Mm-hmm. Columbia Records in 1998 put out a debut by the band Zebrahead. Zebrahead. Now, that is but, a name I'm familiar with, but I yeah. don't know them that well. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah. It's. I have the CD. I got it as a as a uh, one of the Sony college reps uh, gave me a whole handful of CDs one time, and or not one time. I used to take advantage of them quite a bit and go get CDs all the time. Um, <laughs> I still have the Zebrahead CD, so I will say it's very much of the 1998 and those bands I mentioned. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I would necessarily call it a guilty pleasure. It's not necessarily something that I listen to all the time, but. I mean, it, it's kind of got the pop punk offspring stuff. It's kind of got, there's, there's, there's a rapper. So there's some rap rock punk kind of bouncy pop. Um, it's, it's, it's fun to listen to. If you were around in those days, you might find something nostalgic. If you weren't around in those days, you might find it a little bit uh, dated. Um, but I still have the CD. So, I mean, I, I throw it on once in a while to prepare for this interview. I actually threw it in and it had been, it had been, probably a good decade since I've thrown it in. And uh, I was actually surprised at the first couple songs. I don't know that I was singing along to every word, but uh, I, I knew, I knew the songs, like as soon as they started playing, I'm like, ah, I know the chorus on this one. You know, there's some 1998 references to um, uh, some, some folks like Donald Trump makes in a, gets name dropped in one of the songs. And um, so, yeah, so, so I hooked up with uh, a Ben, the bass player and Ollie, the rapper from the band. Um, they've, gone through a couple different singers over their time over the time what i found interesting that i didn't know and i i admitted to this when i talked to them is um they've put out something like 13 records they've never wow. broken up i mean they've been around yeah, they, since 98 uh, are they like they a record 2019 every other year they've got a record out yeah. pretty much are they heavy touring band is that how they're saying so it? they are and and uh, you know one of the reasons maybe why i was, wasn't aware of this is they found markets in europe that they did mm. very well okay. and so you know management was like Take advantage of those markets. Yeah. You, you don't necessarily have to break the U.S. Yeah. Go to where they want you to go to. Yeah. So that's that's what they do. Um, they they put out an EP uh, just uh, in the last couple of months, um, three or four songs or four or five songs. Um, you know, and and I think as they as they've grown up, and, and we talk about this a little bit in the interview, they said there's always been a heavy element to them. They've you know they they definitely have in addition to the punk stuff some some heavier, you know heavier stuff. Um, I found the new EP. 
I'm not familiar with the last 10 records they put out, so I don't know if, if there's a progress throughout that, but it's, it's got some heaviness. There's still the rap rock stuff, um, but, you know, it, it, the, the new EP is good. Uh, they also started, of interest, a little side project that they put out an album in October 2020, uh, an EP, and it was a, kind of a side project called Fear No Empire. And so, you know, the, the, the world that we're living in these days, that, hold on, that's not right. February 2020. That'd be two years. All right. No, that'd be almost a year. I'm just thinking because there was a song with the chorus of, uh, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, the chorus is like, fuck you or wear your fucking mask. So that had to have come out. COVID started in March 2020, right? In the United States. But yeah. Well, pretty regardless. Fear No Empire is the name of the EP, and I tell them in the interview oh. that as, I, as I'm walking around some stores uh, these days where I see fewer and fewer people wearing masks, I actually, after hearing that song, it was running through my head. Like, it, it was a, a soundtrack <laughs> as I walked through the mall, and I told them that maybe next time I'm in the mall and I see somebody not wearing a mask, I might just pull that song up on my phone. Um, it was a fun, fun side project. That, you know, it was very relevant to what is going on in the last, you know, three, four years between politics and between COVID. It's a very timely um, it doesn't sound like Rage Against the Machine, but kind of in that spirit of you mm-hmm. know, just an angry re- reflection about what's been going on in the world. So that's yeah. definitely worth checking out as well. But awesome, um, I, I, I like your, uh, your your first two interviews here are quite the bookends. Yeah, yeah, we've got yeah. a very uh, very good look at the early '90s and a and a very good taste of the late '90s. Yeah, the one thing um, that I did not do, you know, I'll learn as I go, is that I didn't ask them to introduce themselves. So you're going to hear Ben does a lot of the talking. You'll hear Ben first. And Ali's was on, you know, he was on the Zoom call. Um, his, his, it almost sounds like he's on a telephone. So you'll be able to tell the difference between the two when they're talking. And a couple of times Ben will say, hey, do you remember when this happened? So you'll be able to tell the two, but, but I promise next time I'll get them to introduce themselves. So it's easily easier to identify don't you'll get the hang of this interview thing soon one of these don't worry one of these days (laughs) if if you join the dmo union you can just watch the video you don't need to get there you go that's true that's how it works all right let's get to the interview with ben and ali from zebrahead thanks again chip yep see you see you next time So I think I first became aware of you, uh, again, back in those days, I was in, I was out of college when your debut album came out, but, um, I had a, a, a friend who worked for Sony. He was a college rep. Um, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and he was the Sony, the Ohio state college rep. And so I used to go to his house and walk out with, you know, stacks and stacks of CDs. And, yeah. uh, I absolutely remember getting a zebra head CD, which I think I still have. It's one of those, you know, um, uh, advanced. So there's no cover on it or anything. It's got. Uh, just the CD and, and the back tray art, but that was my first introduction to you. And that was, I think, the debut came out in '98. Yeah, is that right? I don't even I don't remember what month, but I know it was '98. And the the college reps, funny that you mentioned, is they were always like our best friends on tour. They would come oh, to sure. the shows and like to have fun and party and hang out and like. And we would leave, we would go to 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 Sony and to Columbia and bring backpacks just so we could fill them up with CDs, like. Yeah such a different day and age you know oh for sure they i don't know for a fact but they probably had some sort of um allowance when bands came to town too so 
oh, they yeah. take they take you out on the Sony credit card and yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the college reps didn't have the kind of budget that the yeah. bigger dudes had that you could fully exploit, but they were always fun. And some, sometimes they college reps would be needing to drink our beer, which is <laughs> yeah. always which is fine because they're working for you and doing everything for you. You got to make sure they have fun too. Yeah, for sure. Didn't, didn't a few of them like jump on the bus with us and go like to yeah. cities? Like they yeah. meet us up somewhere and then jump on the bus and then go to a couple of cities with us and then fly home. Yeah, because it's too fun. It's too much fun to have no rules. Yeah, for sure. So, what year did you guys start? Is like mid nineties. I think, Allie, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, we started writing songs in like ninety five. Okay. Yeah, it was ninety five. Ninety five ish, and and I think we played our first show in ninety six at this place called Coos Cafe, mm-hmm. and we had one song, and we did it between <laughs> bands that the rest of us were playing in, uh, just to have fun and goof around and the reaction to the song was better than our other bands so we kind of knew like oh we should do this yeah. it, it, it was your uh your band's cd release party yeah and it was like song. it totally got the cd release party totally got upshowed by like the afterwards everyone's like oh man that that other song you guys played like that was really good and you're like <laughs> oh but my new cd no man that that was better <laughs> okay that cool. that song actually was check and it ended up being the first song on, on our album. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy I interviewed earlier today, um, his career kind of peaked late eighties and was over by 90, 91. He was the lead singer from a, um, a band called XYZ, which was sort of, um, yeah, n- not really hair metal, but sort of hair metal ish. Um, yeah. and we were talking about how, how that ended very fast. You know, they were on the road and they got dropped and, so 95, I can't remember exactly. So we were out of hair metal. We were even, uh, maybe even out of grunge. Maybe grunge had been around a couple of years. So like, what was the environment when you guys started? It was like the offspring and, and like real big fish and like Orange County bands taking no over the doubt. world. Like no, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That was the time. So it was prime for you. It was like Blink was like... They started around the same time as we did. I think maybe a year before yeah. us or something. Yeah. So it was really prime opportunity for Zebrahead to start. Yeah. I mean, it was, we'd been playing in bands forever just for fun, like realizing like nothing's ever going to come of this. And, and we started Zebrahead just to have fun. Like I, Allie and I were talking one day and we we're like, oh, we should, we should do this. And, and then we did it for fun. And then all of a sudden, like some guy comes up to us after a show. And he's like, man, I know people at record labels. They're going to be at your next show. Watch. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. You're full of crap. I've been playing in bands for all these years. And I've heard that a million times. And there's never anybody there. And it's our next show was a Sunday afternoon with like 10 people in the crowd. And there were 13 record labels on top wow. of the 10 people. And then it was like, oh, I guess this guy isn't lying. Yeah. Dumb luck that he saw us play. and and liked it now was that it was a columbia or was it so i saw that you put out the record on dr dream records first yeah so columbia wasn't even there at the first okay. they came in later but uh dr dream it came out on them because our original producer that we record a few songs with howard benson had oh, bought yeah. dr dream and he was like just let me put let me the songs were meant to be demos yeah. and he's all just just let me put them out just let me put them out and it was like uh, okay howard we owe howard so why not and he's a great guy so and then so what how did how did Columbia, it was columbia right that you guys signed to yeah so was it was it a howard benson connection there too or was it totally separate it was separate right al 
Yeah, it was separate. Um, I think Howard was with Enclave or something, right? Didn't yeah, have, like Enclave um, was like RCA or something. Like yeah, and, yeah. And and we did showcases for like Clive Davis and all these people that we were like when they walk in the room, you're like, oh my gosh, this dude's a legend! Like holy crap! Like we're even getting to meet these people. This is insane. And but it ended up being Columbia. They came in late and just like our guy there, Tim Devine, just walked in and had this had this spiel right and and basically told us, I give a crap. Other people are just full of shit. And we kind of like kind of saw what he was saying and we yeah. went for it. And so you took the some of the demos from the from the first release and did you re-record yeah. them or or yeah we re-recorded them. Yeah. yeah. Do you know like what the scale of distribution was for the Dr. Dream release? Oh, I think it was limited to like 5,000 copies. Okay. And it was mostly all Southern California stores too. Yeah. So like I see them on eBay every once in a while and it always cracks me up and kids try to buy them up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any idea what the debut on Columbia sold? Like I think worldwide, my guess, because it did really good in Japan too. I'd say like 400,000 maybe. Yeah. And, and going into that deal, were there either promises made or were there dreams on your, on your end saying like, we'd love to hit a hundred thousand or 200,000 or were you hoping to like blow it up and be like a million, a million seller? Uh, we were just surprised that they like people were buying it at all. <laughs> like we were, <laughs> weren't you Al? Like that's kind of in shock. Like at the time I saw, we had a song on K rock here in Southern California and I used to turn it on in my car or in the garage and hear it and go, this is not real. This is so weird. Yeah. I don't think any of us really had any expectation. I mean, like Ben said, we were just, you know, playing music for ourselves. And yeah. honestly, I think like, um, personally, I was just like, maybe we'll tour, um, around the world once and we'll yeah. get to see a bunch of cool places. And we, I don't think we had any expectation of like making it a career or a long-term career or being able to continue touring for as long as we have. Definitely. I mean, cause Ali was even going to medical, going to like heading to medical school and, and it was literally like, Oh, let's just take a couple of years off and we'll get to see the world a few times. Yeah. Here we are now, 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about it. I have not yet seen the Beatles documentary, but um, yeah. I plan to, but to think like they were banned for kind of 10 years. Like you've, yeah. you've, you've doubled their time. Right. They were only together for 10 years. I think, I mean, the debut, well, probably, I think recording, like, I think they came out like yeah. 61, 62. And by like the yeah. end of the sixties, early seventies, they were done. Wow. That's insane. Like them, the amount of output too is incredible. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I mean, everyone, I haven't seen the documentary yet. It's high on my list. I want to have like a, like a lot of time to sit down and watch them all in one day. Yeah. But everyone who sees it is telling me they're just blown away. Like it's, kind of like awe-inspiring in, in the fact that like you see them sitting and writing in the trailer and there's friends and everybody just hanging out with them while they're doing it is insane to me yeah, yeah they had a yogi i saw like an hour of one of them they had like a yogi sitting on the corner and like he was just like meditating or whatever i'm like dude i want to get a yogi <laughs> we've never had a yogi <laughs> so i mean i i don't know like how you guys write songs but I've seen some of those same clips where they're just sitting around. Is that, is that yeah. the way that you guys write songs to you kind of get together and hash stuff mm -hmm. out or. 
we get together L- lately. Like it's kind of more fun. We get to everyone comes to my house and we put a literally a card table in my garage and we make drinks and we like uh, our guitar player starts playing some riffs till we like one. We'll pull up some drum beats and throw drum beats to it. And then we'll start working on singing. We just have fun. Yeah. And I think that happened due to COVID. Like we all decided like, oh, we got to let's still write at home. And everybody started writing at home. It was like, oh, we can really do this when we're not all in the same room. Let's keep doing it that way. And now we we kind of do it the same way where you it doesn't have to be as loud and we could still talk and we could try things fast. And it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. was it like that early? When we first started, it was like we would get into, uh, we have a rehearsal space and we'd like, everybody would get in there like with full drums and everything. Um, and uh, we would work that way. Uh, we didn't really write from home very much, but then like yeah. when we could start sending each other ideas and it became easy to have home studio studios, like we would send like our ideas through like email or we transfer whatever. And, that really opened up the opportunity for us to work from home. And then COVID hit and we literally just wrote everything from home. And then recently we started going to Ben's house and, you know, in small groups and just, you know, just us and, and working on songs. So it's evolved quite a bit since we first started. Yeah. yeah. Now the thing that is besides the story of everything in the Beatles, right. The fact that they, that they were filming everything. Um, have you guys ever done that? Have you ever filmed sessions or filmed behind the scenes kind of stuff? And we barely, we barely film like Instagram <laughs> posts. Like. That's not true, Ben. I have a, from when we started, I have about maybe six, seven years of, I used to carry around this little camcorder yeah. with me. Like the, um, remember that movie American Beauty? Oh, yeah. I saw that, that was movie you. and I literally went and bought that camera. I'm like, that's such a good idea. Just film everything. Because at that time it was still relatively new. We we're starting to tour a lot everywhere, so I have so much video of us, Ben, in the studio, like yeah. all over the world. I have probably two hundred, over two hundred little mini DV tapes full of. Random. I remember that camera. I remember yeah, being so you annoyed with you. You would like, put that away. in my face. And I'd be like, "Oh God!" <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, so what, you, so what you're saying if, is, if Peter Jackson is is listening to this, his next project will be the the. Eight hour, ten hour zebra head documentary. No, I want to be in Lord of the next Lord of the Rings. <laughs> listening. I think there's be, a better chance of it being a Lord of the Rings than there is a documentary. I'll on be it. an orc, man. Whatever. <laughs> um, again, going back to the 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 previous interview I did today. Um, yeah. You know, they got a huge advance up front. It was the it was the big it was a big time back in early early nineties, right? By the time you guys signed, were you were you able to negotiate a pretty good upfront deal? Uh, it wasn't by the time we were signed, it wasn't like crazy, crazy money. Like, and the, the trick about being in a band and, you know, the, the warning for everybody out there too, is like, so you see this number and you go, Oh my gosh, that's so much money. And then you pay your lawyer and then your manager takes money and then you pay your business manager and then everybody gets paid. And by the time it gets to the band, it's like, what the <laughs> hell, what happened? And there's five of us. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, like, it makes me appreciate Green Day a lot. There was like yeah. three of them. Like, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? It's, it's not like a sad sob story, like, but it's like a thing where you, you read these news clips. And it's like, they got a $1 million advance. And you read the fine print. It's like, oh, that was to record two albums. So, video. You know, 
videos, all this, everything. Yeah. And then by the time the, the, the solo artist, whoever it was, got it, they probably got like 50,000 bucks to live on for four years. Yeah. It's like, it's not real. It's, it's all inflated. Um, yeah. That being said, you had to have gotten at least one payday where you got a check and you were like, I'm going to go buy oh, yeah. something. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rock star now. Like what, what was your rock star purchase? I don't think I've ever thought literally we've always been that band that we've done well around the world enough where like, like we go, okay, well, this is crazy, but we've never had like that crazy rock star moment where you're like, I'm going to go waste money on, on something. I, I don't, we've, I consider us super lucky because we've been around so long, but it's sure. We've never had that super like moment where you like, you get this check and you're like, holy crap. I have friends that have done that though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about in terms, um, like you said, Offspring and, and those kind of bands, uh, Orange County bands were coming up at the same time and, and maybe a couple of years ahead of you to kind of pave the way. Um, you know, your music, it, it covers a lot. Of, like there's a lot in your music. I mean, I, I imagine the touring possibilities and I don't remember what your tour, like who you toured with in the, in the late nineties, but what kind of bills were you on in the late nineties? Jeez, we, we toured from everybody with everybody from like Cypress Hill to um, we toured the Green Day. We toured um, with Real Big Fish a lot. Um, God, Lesson Jake, um, Cottonmouth Kings. We did a few tours with them. Who else, Ben? There's a lot of different kinds. I mean, of you're, you're naming all the, the, the variety pretty good. Like yeah. it, was, it was diverse who we could play with. We even did like a one-off show with Deep Purple once. Oh, yeah. So I mean, we we've, we've played with some of the weirdest things, but it's always been kind of cool. Like that's why the, the the people that come to our shows now are so diverse in their musical taste. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, generationally, when you're playing shows in the last, well, you probably haven't played a show that recently due to COVID. Yeah. But um, are you starting to see people bring like people who saw you early bring their kids and maybe even their grandkids to shows are you seeing multi-generational fans i don't think i've seen grandkids i haven't seen grandkids funny. but kids yeah. yeah yeah kids and like a lot of like the little brothers and you'd be surprised like the amount of just people that find us randomly on spotify or things like that these days it's it's pretty incredible like it's become like the ability to like self-release and do everything yourself these days that you couldn't even get because in the old days it would cost tons of money to have random people hear you it's almost like spotify is like a giant radio station yeah and it's it's kind of incredible this the, the reach that it has yeah your albums came out uh, your debut came out towards the end of the 90s so um yeah would you say like the two early 2000s were really like kind of when you hit your stride or do you think like right from the get-go like we're the late 90s when you hit your stride I think when we first started, like for me, my experience was because, you know, signing to Columbia and getting on these like big like festivals and tours and stuff. um, When we we kind of jumped into it and it was like pretty good, like we didn't have to do that many years of touring until we got like good tours and stuff. Luckily, when we got signed to Columbia pretty quickly and then they put us out on some, you know, good tours and, you know. So from in my experience, if I'm looking back correctly, I think we started pretty strong. We didn't have like a long buildup to, you know. Yeah, we got lucky. Yeah, yeah. we got lucky. We got lucky. Yeah. What about, um, so you're not on Columbia anymore. Um, did you guys opt out of your contract or were you dropped? So after our third album came out, 
they came to us and wanted to re-sign us again, but then we had a singer leave. So basically we, I think basically we were dropped, but then we ended up re-signing with Sony in Japan. So it was like, they wanted us for the Japanese release and it ended up working out better for us because then we were able to sign directly with Japan and then find a new home in America. And Europe. And Didn't we sign with uh, Tim Devine's label too after like Red or whatever? No, that, well, I mean, it's run by Sony. Their distribution was, but it was a, a separate label. And I can't even honestly remember the name of it. Yeah. So long ago. But it, like, we got, we got really lucky. Because we did so well in, in other, in foreign countries that they wanted to keep us for the fourth album and extend our deal. But yeah. then when our, one of our singers left, it changed everything. And even uh, the funny thing is, is Sony in Japan kind of told us like, oh, you guys should kind of move on. You did good. And it's been great. And then we sent them three demos with the new singer and they sent us a, a deal offer the next day. Yeah. So there was never, there was never any discussion about like, this is it. We had a good run. We should end it. Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> when, I think he, we, we've always been out to prove we can still do it no matter what. And, and I think, I think that's been a huge driving factor for us. And, and when our first singer left, it was kind of like, well, we have two singers, Ali, and then the guy that left. And it was kind of like, well, we let's prove we can still do this. Like, and then it happened again and <laughs> during COVID. So yeah, our new release is with Ali singing and another singer too. So yeah, and and it's been great. Like the the new EP three has been killing it on streaming. So it's once again like we're lucky and like lightning has struck three times. We got right. signed and then we've done better with two different singers eventually. You know. Yeah. So again, I'm keep referring back to it, but like hair metal yeah. died a fast death. Yeah. Um, grunge is still around. I mean, you know the big the big names you know, Pearl Jam still putting out stuff. And so it seems like there was a, there was definitely like, like I said, that hair metal was out the door, but, but like your music never really like went out of style. There's still listeners for your music. It wasn't an embarrassment yeah. to be like, Oh man, I used to listen to Zebrahead. Can you believe that kind of thing? Right. Yeah. Did Have you faced any, any of those darker days, any of that adversity where you're like, man, we're not, we're, we're not connecting to people anymore. Or has it always been a steady stream of listeners? I think if there were ever was difficulty, we're kind of naive to it. Like we like what we do. So we were kind of like, eh, if other people like it, cool. And then the albums yeah. would come out and people would buy it. So we're, but nowadays, like, I don't think we sound per se like Limp Bizkit or things like that, but there's much more music affiliated with like rap involved in it. Yeah. yeah. And it was for 10 years where we decided like we made a conscious decision. We weren't changing and yeah. we were going to keep, keep doing what we wanted to do so it is nice though to see it come around and people like mgk and things like that are, are are you know doing things that you could get confused and almost think it was one of our songs sure yeah yeah it's yeah. funny oh, i'm sorry i was just gonna say also like after initially when um we came out there was a, a, a in america especially where like punk music and stuff rock music anything with guitars really it wasn't super popular right and so yeah. we started touring in areas that were still like that kind of music went over well we started going to europe a lot and in japan a lot so we actually made a conscious effort to go to places where 
the style of music we played was still listened to when we realized America was changing, like the style of music that was popular here. So we focused on overseas markets. And I think that really paid off for us because we gave us a career. And then now, again, like rock music and stuff like punk music is getting popular again in America, fortunately. So hopefully, you know, we, we still have the opportunity to come back now and play. But yeah, we, we did notice that where it was like, oh, you know, the style of music is changing. So let's focus on parts of the world where it's still going strong. And so we started, you know, traveling a lot overseas to play. Yeah. So you guys weren't the first kind of rap punk band out there. Um, you kind of came all kind of a lot of bands, like you said, Limp Bizkit, Korn kind of all started um, 311 a little bit, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you, and I this is probably impossible for you to say, cause you don't necessarily know those guys and their influences, but do you think you guys all came from that same school of influence? I, you know, I don't even honestly know. Cause our influences as a band has always been so crazy. Like, yeah. It, it anything from I grew up to listen to like Lagwagon and things like the the skate punk and Allie grew up more listening to like Tribe Called Quest or or things like that and so as we're all so weird in what we listen to I'm sure that all the other bands are are kind of too but I, I don't know it's, it's when we when we started our whole point was to kind of like we were surrounded by like ska bands and 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 like not necessarily pop punk bands but bands everyone wanted to be the next offspring yeah so we kind of decided like hey let's just do something completely off the wall that we would like and maybe a few people will like it yeah, yeah. who yeah. knows um so like i said i do want to i definitely want to talk about current stuff so i mean the band has never broken up you i, I think i read like I'll be honest with you, like I yeah. forgot about Zebrahead in the two thousands. Um, yeah. so I didn't realize that you've been putting out records like consistently. It's been a nonstop, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you just put out an EP. And what I, to my ears, right, it sounds like. Um, and I don't know when this happened, but you've gotten heavier. We've Maybe. progressively gotten heavier. I think we've embraced Germany. Like we love playing in Germany, and and when you and we play a lot of festivals and it's fun to watch the crowd go crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's great fun. So I think we've progressively gotten heavier. I mean, close, but we got a little heavier on MFCB, which was like in 2003. And I think okay. we've slowly gone back to where that route. Yeah, right. One out. of our first songs was like, all I need. Remember that was really, yeah, heavy. that was really heavy. So, and hate, you know, yeah. um, one more hit was pretty heavy. We, we started out really heavy and then, kind of went a little bit poppy and then kind of went back to our roots. I, yeah. I feel like more recently being he heavy, like when we first started out. So it was kind of like a progression, you know, we were, we never also really go uh, in our career. We've never gone, Hey, you know, let's change up. You know, we just kind of write music that we're feeling or whatever. And then we look back on it and go, wow, that album was super poppy or, yeah. you know what I mean? Or this album is super heavy. Um, but we never really like set out to go, okay, you know, we're going to, have this be a heavier album necessarily you know it's just kind of like what whatever we're going through and i feel like this album is heavier but we just went through covid for two years so there's a lot of anger and a lot of sadness <laughs> going on you know i got i gotta be honest like i i expect i expected more of that coming out of politics and covid and maybe we'll get that in the next year or two but i thought you know i thought 2020 2021 we'd hear a lot angrier heavier music and i i i haven't heard a whole lot of like the next era of rage against the machine yeah 
but maybe it's coming. I don't know. Definitely. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's coming. I'm, I'm pretty convinced. So with such a lengthy discography, um, when you play live shows, how do you decide what you're going to play? Do you dig all the way back or do you try to focus on what's new or is that a mix of the two or depending on when in the tour cycle you're on, you might bring out different stuff. As weird as it's going to sound, we've kind of embraced uh, streaming and we check in countries what songs they stream and like which ones they want to hear. And we actually alter the set list a little based off like, oh, well, in Germany, they listen to this song way more. In England, they listen to this song way more. And we rotate songs in and out based off what they listen to. And it's kind of kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going to see a band and then they don't play any of the songs you love, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we've implemented that into our like set list. We're like, all right, let's uh, let's play what they, these guys want to hear. And like Ben said, we do a little yeah. research, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so during the pandemic, uh, have you been doing, you got together to write stuff. Have you, have, have you done any shows? Have you done any live streams or any of that kind of stuff? Two shows. Yeah. We went, went to England a few months back and played a festival there called Slam Dunk. Okay. And it was our first show with Adrian, our new singer. And um, we just did two shows there. And that's been it. Mainly, we've just been writing and, you know, uh, recording. So, but it was really fun it, um, to play again. It had been, it'd been a minute and we're, you know, got some stuff scheduled. But, you know, we're, we're hoping that it, it still, you know, goes through. I think we're playing with MXPX in uh, Anaheim on April 1st. And the second we're playing in Phoenix at the Majestic Theater, I think. Yeah. Um, so those are the next two shows we have. But yeah, mainly we've been home like writing and, and, and recording. Yeah. So Ali, I, I saw uh, in, my, in my leading up to this, um, you, did, you did an EP uh, like a, with a different project. Is that right? Yeah, we, we did. We, uh, ben, were you on it too? Yeah, Ben and oh, I. Oh, oh, got it. And yeah. uh, Dan. And our friend Mike did a project called Fear No Empire yeah. uh, during the, um, the pandemic, and we released an EP. Yeah, that was I, a really pissed off project. <laughs> well, yeah. as I say, I um, I'm doing some last minute uh, shopping today, and um, in my head, I'm hearing the uh, wear your fucking mask. Because um, <laughs> man, I I'm so I still wear it when I go to the grocery store, man. Like I do too, man. I'm right. everywhere. I don't want to be I don't want to be sick, so I'm doing it. I just you know I I. I I shouldn't be surprised, but like when I walk in a store and it says mandatory mask and you see nobody wearing yeah. it, I'm like, you, you just, so I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that EP. I think it's extremely relevant. And uh, I almost thought about like pulling it up and playing it as I was walking through the mall. Uh, <laughs> that might cause some problems. I think that's a good idea. Man. I, yeah, yeah. You'll probably get thrown out really fast. <laughs> Quicker than the people that aren't wearing masks, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, again, so I, I, I know that, uh, I know that, you know your 90s time uh was kind of when the band formed in the first album so that's a little part of your history but looking back like if you can summarize zebrahead in the 90s uh good memories bad memories uh what what would be a kind of your your 90s uh your 90s take what'd you say ben uh for me it was just like it's a whirlwind of like craziness and kind of like like not to sound cheesy, but like a dream coming true. Like yeah. I, I never sought out to be in a band that toured the world and got signed. It kind of just happened. And I loved music so much. It was amazing for, for it to happen. My life was all about seeing concerts in high school and college. And, and to get to be a part of it was 
was kind of a dream come true that I didn't even know that I had, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I would say for me, it was like, you know, it, everything was happening for the first time uh, at that time for us as a band. So it was very like eye opening and exciting. And, you know, we, we were just so excited about every opportunity we got, every new place we went. And like Ben said, it was a pretty crazy time. We, we went pretty hard. Yeah, in the '90s, so um, we made a lot of bad choices. We made a lot of <laughs> made some good choices, but a lot of bad choices. bad choices. Yeah, yeah, but it was fun. I, I, I like I have fond memories of you know the '90s and yeah. our experiences. So I think you know you got to make those bad choices and and do them when you're young and and learn from them. So it's it's not a terrible thing, yeah. right? Cool. So. So what do you, so what do you think 2022 um you're going to do a couple of shows uh you know things start to open up a little bit are you going to go out on tour are you going to record new music do you have a plan for the for 2022 Well we're really supposed to kick in with a lot of touring starting in the summer of 2022 and it was supposed to be the summer of 2021 and before that it was supposed to be before that so it, it just keeps getting pushed so yeah. our hope is cuz we're supposed to go a lot of cool places we're supposed to be in Japan in June, we're supposed to be in Russia in July. Oh, wow. We're supposed to be in Germany in, in August and, and all over Europe. And I really hope that it all happens. I'm, I'm saying it's happening until they tell me I can't come, yeah. basically. Yeah. I think Allie's in the same boat with that. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, you know, we, we're um, trying to be proactive. So we're writing a lot. Um, we uh, are recording a bunch too. So we, we are trying to keep busy and, and you know, create be creative you know in this time because otherwise i think i would go crazy if we, were, we weren't doing any, anything creative so we're writing a lot and, and hoping that you know we can start touring again so you know we, we, we're gonna hopefully have some more songs recorded by the time we go out and you know just trying to look look forward to getting back to normal you know yeah awesome well i think i've run through what i needed to ask uh i appreciate you taking the time um it's you know like i said it's it's pretty uh, impressive that you you've lasted 25 years and s no signs of slowing down so that's got to be a, a good thing we're, for you guys we're shocked by it too just so you know <laughs> awesome but cool. yeah i appreciate you guys taking the time and uh new ep is awesome the uh the side project is awesome and i'm gonna be playing that maybe out loud some places and uh and <laughs> and then I, i'm gonna personally go back and dig through some of the 2000 stuff that i missed so oh awesome man thank you thanks so much. Cool. thanks yeah. for taking time to do this buddy yeah no yeah. problem all right take it easy guys all right, all right later Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash digmeout and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.